welcome to the stories that make us a podcast about the fiction that has molded shaped and inspired us i'm abby ruggles and this is my co-host rory doherty hello each episode we chat to a different creative and explore which narratives have impacted them the most this week our guest is aaron bain who is a games journalist hello aaron <laughs> hello thank you for having me guys <laughs> no worries welcome <laughs> off and to hello, a great rory. start <laughs> mm. Hello, I'm I'm not sitting in the sunshine so I can talk to you lovely people about some fiction, oh. and I, and um, I won't hold it against you. But I feel like you are already. Yeah, are you? There's, are you, there's like a toad you're saying. <laughs> are you also in Scotland right now, Aaron? Yes, uh, it's, it's I can see the the blue skies. Good, um, wonderful. I, I can also hear the the brisk wind as well. So so we so over the last weekend, like uh, we had like a, a a pure day of cloudless sun like it was absolutely mm. beautiful the whole day and uh there's a big park next and obviously when the sun's out i'm like cool i'm gonna go drink in a park because that's how i, I operate um mm. but yeah. there was like uh, the day before i'd been to the big park in the kind of center of where i'm where i am and it was getting busy and 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 there was anti-social behavior and then yesterday i didn't uh, on the day of sun i went down to a different park and it was lovely and serene and everyone was well-behaved and stuff and then i would see on the news like like football type crowds like hundreds <laughs> of people just swarming and like people getting into yep. fights and stuff and i was like oh well i was on my other side of <laughs> of that just enjoying my delicious beer well, uh, we had snow today yeah so what? <laughs> what? that's how kent is <laughs> that's kent yes yeah. that's, that's quite random i don't even know what kind of temperature we're at today because the other day yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're six degrees today. We were sixteen the other day. I didn't know what to do. My wind max is about fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was like a short, a short sleeve um shirt. Yeah. Over a t-shirt. And oh was, yeah. You know, I brought a jumper as well, so it was mm. fine. I know. My arms were out. They got a wee bit of like the sun on them. They couldn't. They just <laughs> they didn't know what was happening. I always hate that first hot day though, where you realise like how just pasty you've got. Over the oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And just not in shape. That's yeah. just absolutely. It's like extra. It's like extra bad this year as well because of lockdown. Oh uh, yeah, much, pretty much. And the other end of the summer last year, I, so I do for my day job. I do some driving, and I just have one really tar- tanned arm, and then come out the other end of the summer. It still actually kept it a little bit, which I was surprised with. But obviously, it's far, far less so than the other. But the left arm it is looking especially pasty. This this uh-huh. time of year. <laughs> well, at least we've discussed, you know, our the weather where we are very very uh, british conversation yeah <laughs> yeah shall we chat about you Aaron? yes me so yeah, you're a video sure. games journalist how I did you so... come to this role it was a very it took me a very long time to realize it was something i wanted to do hmm. i actually studied film to start i've got a, a degree in filmmaking and script writing which is obviously you know the most useful degree you can very ever useful. have in your life uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i was just kind of one of those guys that was always into like media in general liked my films so then i thought yeah i'll go to film school done that Mm. came out the other end like oh what kind of job am i getting like what what am i actually (laughs) set up to get i don't actually know um so (laughs) i then and i kind of rushed kind of fear i just went i'm going to book myself into a master's course in broadcast journalism Mm. just to give me an extra year to kind of figure out what to do i mean what else masters for (laughs) Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I was just like, it gives me a year to just sort out my shit, come out the other end, you know, looking very employable, basically. <laughs> um, and I just could not stand to be around and uh, like filmy types for another year because mm. I'd done, I'd had four four years of it, which is 
quite a lot. So yeah, went and done that and obviously I, I joined the course thinking I'm going to do film journalism stuff, like that's going to be my angle and then just they kept asking us to come up with ideas for things and just time and time again I kept leaning towards video games hmm. because I've always been obviously a huge video game fan, i played them most of my life but yeah. you know that way where you just never think about it as like yeah, a career sure. in any way, you're just like yeah it's just it's just games, I like to play games and and that's that's it and then suddenly I started doing this kind of stuff and I started looking into it and then I was thinking well I am very like deeply in, involved in a way I suppose with like video game journalism already like I have hmm. PlayStation Magazine and Edge and I've watched IGN and GameSpot and Noclip and all these kind of things so like I'm already doing like watching and reading that kind of stuff yeah. and obviously these are all made up of people that are paid to, to do that yeah. so then I was like yeah I'm just I'm just gonna go for this then four months into my course things got very political in the sense they were like yeah we're gonna be doing we, you need to be going out and interviewing council people and uh, politicians and and then there was like a, a a course that was like marked on you being a sports journalist and I honestly cannot fake a conversation about sports <laughs> at all so like all that started rearing up and I was like yeah but I want to talk about video games yeah so then I actually left the course and just kind of branched out on my own spent about six months or so just getting the odd little website here or there and doing my own blog and my podcast and all this kind of stuff before probably about six six months ago ago now I was started doing uh, articles for Jump Cut Play. And then once I started doing that, I was doing a wee bit more extra stuff. And I've, I've been doing videos for BBC The Social. And it's just kind of slowly started to, to kind of build this snowball effect yeah. up where I'm, I actually made a tiny bit of money, you know, like last month writing yeah. about this stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. It's slowly but surely. It's a very, very long graft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing this kind of stuff but I'm, I, I feel like I'm that. starting to get there where I can say yeah I'm a video game journalist now so that that's yeah. my kind of long-winded story and how I got into that no it's great I, I had a similar thing a couple of months ago where I made kind of the most money I'd made from games journalism I was like wait am I actually doing this yeah Can I call myself <laughs> a games journalist now <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's the thing you're always kind of scared of is like always feeling like you're not there not in the kind of professional level because you start to think oh well maybe I only had this site I only get paid this amount of money how many how much experience to actually have yeah. but I think part of the thing is this was because I learned actually quite a lot from a little course like I did enjoy it it just hmm. it just wasn't go going in the right direction for me but one of the things they always said is like people always go like I'm an aspiring journalist I'm an aspiring filmmaker and they like go no the second you decide you want to go for it take aspiring off of that title you are yeah what you're doing so I think I kind of I started to take that mentality with me and then you know will this career into existence <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um yeah a nice shout out for jump cut play there because I think they've been great mm. over the past year giving a lot of new writers an opportunity yeah. to write about games really those guys have been those guys have been really really great and I've kind of steadily just started doing more and more stuff for them I'm now sort of working alongside uh Kyle Gaffney hmm. just a shout out to that guy or if anyone <laughs> knows who I'm talking about Kyle Gaffney me and him working, I'm working on the um, the YouTube channel so we're hoping to get a wee bit more content out there and then just the writing stuff I mean they they set up an interview with me and David Bates and then that was literally the highlight of my career I will yeah. go on about that till I die <laughs> you know I'm like yeah well do you know I interviewed David Bateson the voice of Agent 47 it's like no one was talking about it mate but I'll bring it up. <laughs> it's so cool. He seems like such a nice guy as well. Yeah, he was really, really nice. And the thing is, obviously, I was kind of bricking it 
yeah. <laughs> to a degree because it was just suddenly like because I, I'd interviewed like a PR guy before so it was nothing like I hadn't had anything major and mm-hmm. then Sam the the editor-in-chief kind of messaged me and was just like yeah I've got this thing set up for you if you would like and I'm like yeah who who is it and he was just like the age the voice age of 47 <laughs> I was like oh holy shit <laughs> you can't just like pull that on me and then when I was on the zoom call when it said like David is in the waiting area and I was like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this is it. This is the end of my life right now. Uh, but he was like, honestly, he was super, super nice. He actually seemed to know where I was. Like when I, he asked me where I was from, because he was like, your accent, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> he started talking <laughs> about like what town I was from. And then he seemed to actually know the towns I was talking about and all this. Aww. Saying I was living in, you know, I was living in God's country and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> but I was completely at ease by the time we actually started yeah. it. So. Oh, that's Thanks. so nice. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we start off with the video game that's on your list yeah so would you like to introduce what it is uh so the video game i'm talking about today is uh, the last of us part two which a lot of people probably already know about do you want me to give a little yeah could you give like a little synopsis for anyone that hasn't played it this is the obviously the, the sequel to the last of us which came out in 2013 it was a very highly anticipated sequel and it's picks up from the with the characters of joel and ellie five years after the setting of the first game hmm. and then things happen obviously miserable, <laughs> violent things, and it sets your character, Ellie, on this very self-destructive journey. Hmm. And um, but you're so you're taking on the role of Ellie this time where you were playing as Joel previously. And that's about as, I suppose, as yeah. far as I can go into it without spoiling things terribly. It's a hard one to talk about. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you play it? Were you, like, waiting for it to come out and then played it straight oh. away? Oh, my God. I was... I was counting down the days. I actually booked time off work. Nice. <laughs> and then it's one of, it is not one of, it is the only collector's edition of a game that I've ever bought. Oh, so I've I'm got jealous. like the little the little statue behind me. I just was like, I don't care. It was like 170 yeah. pounds and I was so oh unlikely to do something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, no, nope, I'm doing it. It's The Last of Us. So um, yeah, so for, for a, a little bit of context, like The Last of Us 1 was my favourite game. Hmm. Purely from the, like... I actually bought a PlayStation 3 for this game. Um, oh, cool. For, for that game. When I, it came out a day that I was going on holiday with my family. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, nah, I'm not waiting until Monday to play, to play this. <laughs> I'm going to pack my television in the car with me oh and play God it. Because we're just <laughs> going, up, going up north. I genuinely done that. And, it, you know, this is like full family. Like it's aunts and uncles and cousins and all this. And I was just like, nah, 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 nah. I'll get you maybe in a couple of days. I'm... I'm sitting down here to play this and I just pretty much played it in two sittings the first game and I was completely blown away like it is nothing like I'd ever played before it was it Mm. was such a an improved version of like the story stuff because like story in games is just something that's like there's good ones I'd say though like good stories can be muddled up when it's actually just a good world so like games yeah. do that very well and I think that can be the case for a lot of games but this was just something where I was like oh I just get so up, caught up in the characters and the world and the story and the pacing of it all it just felt so incredible to me so then mm. the idea of a sequel was not something that was ever on my mind at all yeah I don't think anyone that played the the, the last of us was asking really for a sequel yeah just because it ended in such a perfect note and then when they announced it I was so conflicted because one part being the little fanboy that I was, I was freaking out, thinking, that's amazing, I can't wait to play that. I can't wait to see what the story possibilities are. Yeah. But then I was like, oh my God, they could completely ruin this. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was so scary. And I've never been so, like, 
nervous about a game in my, yeah. in my life before. But I'm guessing the fact that you picked it means you did like it? Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. I was, I was actually like adjacent to all of this because I had uh, my best friend in, was also like insanely hyped for it. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, it was interesting because... I've I've sort of like when when we got to the sort of reaction I think when leaks happened before or when people mm. found out what was going to happen in the story and then you know as everyone as 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 is the custom these days people started abusing actors online and stuff I think that it kind of reminded me of like reminded me of some like Star Wars stuff where people think that they have ownership over like oh, characters yeah. mm-hmm. um uh, a specific like a, an ownership just because like they've built up a f- fake relationship with a fictional character and mm-hmm. it, and really what the the through line problem is is that um people don't seem to see storytelling as things outside of like satisfaction for them as an individual rather than yeah. like telling mm-hmm. a bold story that challenges you as it goes along and obviously no spoilers but um <laughs> it, it, it it's certainly a bold way to go yeah well that that was something i'd always said about the game in the run-up is that i would rather hate it than think it was okay i really mm-hmm. really didn't want this to just be a rehash of the first game yeah and from the very beginning the the, the essentially like the opening five hours you know yeah you know, this is nothing like what what came before because i was expecting there to be like the sarah moment in the opening of the game yeah you know something as emotionally powerful and then you know the giraffe moment later on all of these like kind of staples of what people go to when they talk about the last was i was expecting hmm. them to try and capture that again in the second game and i really didn't want it and it that was something that i respected from the very beginning where they went no this is its own th- this is yeah. something else this is we're not going to try and replicate those things we're just going to go off in this new direction and yeah people are people are mad <laughs> when it comes yeah. to the, i mm-hmm. did so did, did have the two of you played it then i don't uh, I play have. video games um, <laughs> but but i i love video game discourse no that's that's fair enough um did you like it abby uh, yeah it's definitely one of my favorite games as well which is why i was so excited that you picked it because i've been ever since we started this podcast i've been like someone's gonna have to pick it one week otherwise i'm kind of surprised no one has to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I nearly i nearly didn't just purely for that reason i was th- thinking i was like oh maybe i'll pick like destiny or something like that not because it's like my favorite game but just because i yeah. feel like it is a game that's influenced my taste in games but hmm. yeah so i was glad when i just said to you i was like last was part two and you were like yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the day the day that this came out, I remember the um I got up early, I had the house all tidy, and at the time so I'd like just moved in maybe three weeks before. So you know, you have a lot of like the the hand me down furniture and like yeah. or no furniture <laughs> at all. So for some reason, one of our first investments in the house was uh this Sherlock chair you know, from, from next to so these big kind of grand ones. And I dragged it through from my girlfriend's sitting room and put it in right in front of the telly in the living room. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here all day. And oh, my girlfriend yeah. was out working. So this, this was the day. And I literally <laughs> had everything ready to go. And then I just sat at the window waiting for the postman to come. <laughs> it was it was really sad, but <laughs> that was that was the reality of the matter. But starting it and going on to like the kind of the thing that happens that everyone yeah. got raging about. It was it was so visceral for me. I'd never mm-hmm. experienced anything like it in a video game where like my hands 
physically started shaking. And mm. I've never, never had that with a video game. Like, I've felt things towards them. And I feel like a lot of the time they've been muted because I have a bit of a... I feel like I had a wee bit of a bias where I was like, yeah, films are good, but like... No, sorry, video games are good, but like, their stories can't be like film. Like, I just always had that in my head, even if I wasn't necessarily thinking it. Yeah. And then this was something that just caught me up in a way that film had so often and then just spat me out the other side. <laughs> and I was... Come the, the credits of this game, I was a wreck. Yeah. I don't know what you were like, Abby, <laughs> but like, I finished at four in the morning... And I was oh. so glad that no one else was there because I was just <laughs> a blubbering mess. <laughs> I genuinely couldn't. And I actually remember saying to one of my friends, I was like, this might have ruined video games for me. How can I go back to shooting yeah. demons and doom? <laughs> you know, like, how can I go to some stupid, like, the Avengers punching robots? <laughs> it can't happen. And I was just, I was utterly convinced that, like, well, I might just give up my career in video <laughs> games now because, like, this is it. It's peaked for me and it, I can never go back. So what about the story in The Last of Us 2 kind of sets it apart from other video game stories for you? Just because... I think because it didn't go in ways that, that you thought it would because I think there's a certain predictability to almost every story that you watch or play through. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of know... You know, like, that way where if you're watching a scene and you go, he's about to turn around and give yeah, one yeah. last look. <laughs> You know, <laughs> kind of like that. I, I feel like that is the case for a lot of video games. And in this game, just kept going like swerve after swerve where I was just like, holy shit, like we're doing this now or we're going this way. And then the the se- the second part of the controversy and many like or what people saw as controversy, I knew nothing about that either because the I had the main part spoiled for me, but um, the second part, which basically doubles the length of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know about this at all, and then when it finally happened, I sort of just I was like very glad of it. I was just like, oh good, I get to play more game. And then, I thought and it was wrapping up. Uh, exactly, and it's and it's a new. It's that's your sort of in screenwriting turns. That's what spins us in the next direction. Mm-hmm. And and I think what's interesting about some about that that is it, it, what what you want is one of these stories i mean the, when i got the things i've been most hyped or most surprised by the be goodbye the mm-hmm. only way you can deliver on that hype in mm-hmm. a genuinely like bold way for something that has this much attention on it is to do something mm-hmm. commit to the unexpected exactly. and, 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 and and that doesn't mean we do the sort of game of thrones as we've talked about recently but like mm-hmm. the idea of like we're going to at the last moment change things i mean you do need to commit to the rules of storytelling you do mm-hmm. need to commit to like telling a story and not really care about what people think about it but in terms of grand narrative arcs if you tell someone oh by the way there's going to be uh a new Last of Us game, and you spend half the game playing as the person who does this in the opening hours mm. of the game. You're yeah. gonna go, what are you talking about? That sounds awful. That's not what I want. This stuff. Exactly. And you tr- and you don't trick the audience, but you guide them into that empathy, and it and it like really, mm. it's really moving because that's that's how that's like you you can literally see a story working on someone who's like re- like reluctant for that to happen. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. And do, do you? I mean. As a journalist, how much do you tr- do you try to sort of like um, like keep connected to fan bases and discourse, and how much uh, do you sort of like just rely on your own opinions, basically? I I have never never been a big fan of interacting with that kind of like element yeah. because you know I'll see you see it all the time about this or that you know this most recent thing Outriders is getting 
a load mm. of flack for the whole server issue this weekend and it's just I don't I, like I kind of don't see the point in engaging with it because it is obviously like you get the, the idiots online that will be harassing or sending like just horrible messages yeah. and all this kind of stuff and I, I like understand why that like draws attention understand why like people tweet out or or say mm. against these kind of things but I like I, I personally don't like engaging with it because I just feel like it is giving it the time of day when it yeah. really doesn't deserve it yeah um, it's also so hard to have good conversations or discussions about things yeah. on like twitter because there's just no like room for nuance or the space for it so mm. i think it's best mm. just to keep the distance yeah and, and and for something like the last of us in particular like i would adore to have a conversation with someone that hated this game but if they can mm. say look here's why i didn't like it here's what i did like here's what i didn't whatever and we can go back and forth with that but it's the people that just go nah man it's shite yeah and that and, and that's that you know that I hate that kind of conversation. It's a losing battle, you know, because there's no mm. way you're going to convince this person who's not engaging mm. in a good faith with you. And you're yeah. just going to expend lots of energy trying to convince someone who, who has the power because they're actually not saying arguments. And so you're just kind of, you're just kind of losing it. There's like, there's no room for debate anymore. Like that, yeah. that isn't yeah. really a thing within the video game Especially discourse. Especially on Twitter. Like, everything's either good or bad and that's it. <laughs> good or bad because of these things and then we change whether something's good or bad throughout the day. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think everyone is allowed to have their opinions and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but I do want to encourage more of actually critically engaging with them. Yeah. Like, actually mm. understand what, like, yeah. I don't, mm. I don't think that, um, in like don't don't doubt your instincts because instincts are so powerful like actually guide us into like how we are reacting to art and stories but i think there should mm. be some investigation on why you think it why you think you have these instincts and these reactions and mm. um, mm. because you're just gonna get have a more fulfilling relationship with content not content but like you know media yeah exactly uh-huh. there's no point in seeing it as that it, it's it's the same goes with like the console wars like playstation and xbox yeah like you're an idiot if you play xbox or vice versa and i'm just like no 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 you're not (laughs) you're just going for a different service or you want to like yeah or a majority of people it's actually i bought an xbox because my mates had an xbox or i play play these games and we do this and that's it but yeah i I, i've never i've never been into that especially with how it got with the with the last ones because i saw i saw some like youtubers and stuff that that i had been watching over the years when it came to video game content and they'd seen the spoilers for for this game yeah and yeah just went, the leaks nah i'm not i'm not engaged i'm not playing that or i'm never going to be accepting of this you know I, I watched a review and the guy was addressing the fact of what was going to be happening 12 hours into the game when he was like you know 10 minutes in yeah, and you're just like yeah. that's not how to experience this game i was i was yeah. like almost religiously avoiding anything to do with this game I some yep. it slipped through the cracks one of the spoilers but it didn't ruin the moment for me because i kind of no, expected not. what i saw to happen hmm. but it just it, it, the way that it happened was was the thing that made me happy but yeah like when it came to that second half i was i was kind of obviously i was hesitant everyone was i think you're supposed yeah. to be but i was like yeah okay i'll let it see what it takes me I, like for me so much about a story works whether depends on the end because yeah yeah how's it gonna land I think even I think even in the last hour or two of the, of the last was part two, I still even wasn't sure like how is this going to line up next to yeah. the first game? Because there's a, a bit as well where you kind of think it has ended, but then it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, I, and and I there was point. It was at those points where I was literally like, if it ends right here, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And it was literally like the last the last hour 
completely sold it for me when it just came yeah. full circle. I was just like, I just was in the right emotional state. I'd followed these characters in a way that when it came to the climax of the story, I was just like, oh, I'd never felt anything like it. Even when you get bits where certain characters are supposed to be fighting other characters. Yeah. <laughs> you get these bits where I've never had it where I physically, I'm like, I don't want to push these buttons. Yeah, I don't want to click. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I've you mean. I've <laughs> never, never had that in my life before. And the video games never made me question what I'm actually doing in the game and and it completely done that for me and I was just I was so oh it was like it was like some sort of emotional epiphany by the end of the Mm. game that I just I'd never experienced and for me it completely surpasses the first game entirely I think obviously it yeah I I think there's no last was part two without part one obviously like that that kind of goes without saying but I just think that it built upon it in a way that made it, it somehow like elevated the whole experience just by building mm. off the first game in the right ways and taking it off in new directions that no one really expected. And I do think part of it's kind of luck of which side you land on because this is a very like, you either kind of love it or hate it, I think. Yeah. I don't really think there's like a, yeah, it was all right. But um, yeah. <laughs> you don't really ever hear anyone yeah, going over that. Yeah, one side or the other, I guess. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I think part of it is kind of luck that I just I did land on the on the positive side of it, but yeah. I just it took and it took me about a week before I was able to say like I think that's better than the first game because I think yeah. it was almost like the fear of saying it just because it's like <laughs> everyone knows the first game is it is it a controversial opinion to have to think that part two is better than part one, but um oh it was it was insane absolutely insane to me like I just never had an experience like it absolutely incredible game. That wraps that up nicely. So shall we move on to your second pick? Yes. Which is a Um, TV show. The television pick I have is Atlanta, which is developed by Donald Glover and Stephen Glover, I think, his his brother. Mm. Um, So it's a television show that was on FX. It takes ages to come to UK TV. (laughs) (laughs) And so the kind of general synopsis of it is, I suppose, you get this guy called Aaron, played by Donald Glover, who's a bit of a layabout. And... He then decides to take a chance managing his up-and-coming rapper cousin called Paperboy. And it's sort of them navigating the rap, the rapping hmm. scene in Atlanta. But it's also nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the kind of baseline story that kind of rears yeah. its head every now and again. But it is so much more concentrated on the small moments. So um, I haven't seen it. But I was I have. I'll, I'll watch a uh, quick video just to know vaguely what i'm talking about and then within five minutes it's like i'm gonna turn this off because i actually want to watch this show <laughs> yeah yeah it's it what did you think of it Rory? i love it i think it's a great show i think that my friend my friend was not so keen on it i thought season two was like unreal and really mm. builds on mm-hmm. a lot of um the the great the things that were great in season one i think there's one or two sort of things that don't work but not because of lack of trying or ideas i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of inventiveness in there which works really well and there's just like even like i don't know like for me just on the writing perspective there's you know there's an episode where it's like a, a public access television show oh yeah yeah montague i think that episode falls into a bit of um trying to have a debate but in a medium where you can't actually have a debate if that makes Mm -hmm. sense i mean it's the same reason why a lot of stuff you can't like birdman or malcolm and marie like tries to engage with the idea of relationship with critics and like yeah this works in real life when you can have a debate but you are writing both sides of the argument here Mm -hmm. um but but 
that said, um, I think that uh, I, w- I I do like people trying to engage with arguments in shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like if I'm if I'm to go, you know, let's look at what the show is just an incredibly inventive exploration into uh, the black experience, especially mm-hmm. uh, poverty in uh, south the southern states of America. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at um, the idea of fame, and you've got mm-hmm. just tr- the main trifecta um, of just absolutely stunning performances. I mean, uh, you've got um, obviously uh, Donald Glover, Emmy, Emmy Award-winning uh, Donald Glover. You've got Lakeith Stanfield, uh, mm-hmm. but then a re- but Paperboy, obviously played mm-hmm. by. Um, Brian Terry Henry, who is just mm-hmm. uh, like brilliant, and there are some episodes where I love shows where we're going to focus on this character for an episode, and we're going to focus on this character, mm-hmm. and they go down like a whole sort of journey. And then season two has got like the barbershop episode and the Teddy yeah. Perkins, and there's just mm-hmm. like no shortage of like really inventive writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also not to mention, you know, Zazie Beats and a lot of the other um, uh, female cast members and some of the crazy things Donald Glover does. And um, it, it's just a sort of really striking show. Yeah. And I think it's one that, that it's almost hard to define in a way mm-hmm. because it, it so finely balances on the line of comedy and mm-hmm. drama, but then mm-hmm. in this weird niche almost. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing that the thing that kind of brought it on to me, and the reason I've I've picked it is isn't so much for the just the quality of the show in itself. Yeah. It's more that so I I have become a, a massive fan of of Donald Glover in many ways, just mm-hmm. as a almost as a, like an inspiration as a creative because yeah. so I came across him as community where I forget his name in the show. But um yeah. he's, he, like obviously it's a wacky Troy. comedy role. Troy, yeah. Yeah, but like I I came across him in that and then it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, reading trivia and then it was like, Oh yeah, he has uh it was the, the, the trivia of like the name of his boat when he leaves the show and it has childish in it and that's because he's childish Gambino. I was like, What's childish Gambino? Came yeah, across his his music and then I was like, Wow, I like really, really liked his music as well and yeah. Especially, I've come to respect it even more as he's just like completely departed from almost. I don't want to say cliche rap, but he was like a very like a rap album that you've heard before, mm-hmm. and then because of the internet, kind of steered away from that a wee bit more. But then, "Awaken My Love" went crazy, and even more so with the um, it's like a date, the name of the new album, which I think's a bit stupid, yeah, yeah, but... that's right. <laughs> like, was it like eleven three? Yeah, twenty nine twenty twenty. Oh, great name, mate. Um, but anyway those elements were really good and then to see him come on to this television show which was so confident and I'd fallen into the uh, like his music videos with Hiro Murai mm-hmm. who's his kind of frequent collaborator and also does a lot of the directing in Atlanta and it just it had this very weird sense of like it's just totally mundane moments like capturing a kind of weirdly authentic bit of life that just nothing you know because movies and tv shows are always like go 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 everything has Mm. to have a purpose every scene has to have a purpose but maybe we're just gonna have like they had a music video that was just like 25 minutes of him just messing about in his his house when he was recording his album and it but it's so like non-specific as well and that kind of carried over to atlanta in a way that i thought was just so great because you know you get the hook and the the hook at the end of each episode like there's very because like that was one of the things i'd studied as well at uni was you know this idea that the formula you have to hit these beats and mm-hmm, it does mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. but does it in a really weird way that you'd never seen before yeah so and to to have those elements where it could be i don't think it's in a, a hilarious show i wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's that kind of comedy yeah i know but, i mean yeah mm-hmm. but like 
it had moments that were funny. It had moments that were super intense. I mean, the end of season two, my heart was mm-hmm. pounding. Oh, and, yeah. And especially because I... <laughs> this might be a story. Maybe I can tell this story. I have like a little... This, <laughs> you can cut this if you want. Wait, 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 please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a very, uh, almost like personal relation to that final episode. So obviously I said I was in university, I was making short films and stuff. And one of the short films was like, it never came to fruition actually, but it was just a guy who was going to revenge, needs a gun. So then I was like, oh, I've actually got this like broken BB gun sitting in my house. That's just like really, re- like the kind of gun that they don't really sell anymore, you know, because hmm. they, they like them to be all highlight blue and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you had, you had a legally suspicious gun. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work and it actually no 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 bb even... gun of course yeah but i know i, uh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where, but there was a period where we were like we can sell things that look like guns and then someone went yeah, yeah, no yeah. you can't and they went yeah, okay exactly. yeah exactly it was one of those like the old era <laughs> yeah. and uh, and um i then said i was like look he was looking for a kind of revolver style gun but i had this one that was more like magazine and i said i'll bring it over and i'll let you see what you think of it so then i done that they were all like yeah yeah sure we're going to do this and then i had a trip down to england to see my girlfriend's grandparents and somehow completely forgot that that was in my my bag until i went through airport security (gasps) and (laughs) then (laughs) you know i'm sitting there thinking what is the hold up here and they go who's got the black bag me and they're like yeah why you got a gun in your bag and i just remember (laughs) nearly collapsing on the spot no <laughs> and we're like oh my god I'm for me a, I'm my off. instinct would be would not be explain or run it would just be to sort of like yeah arrest me like i just think i, <laughs> just... I think there's no way to explain this here like i should i i remember i was like yeah i remember the, in- the ending and then you were explaining that story and i've now remembered the ending yep that. and i'm like oh yeah what an ending that is Really banging. Oh, Wait, yeah. what so happened at the airport, Aaron? Oh, right. oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, he's, he's calling us now from a jail cell. He gets one hour a week of phone I time did, did, and he's using it to be on the podcast. I did say how I could see the sky. I just, you know, that's just from a jail cell window. Um, no, the first so. convicted criminal we've had that we know of on the podcast. So, so like, yeah, I, hilariously, so my girlfriend and her mom are sitting there and they're like, what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, so um, I had a, I had a gun in my bag. So <laughs> yeah, because you can't I'm say have anything to... about like of what it is. And what it is, is I got in your bag. And I just went, I was like, so yeah, I'm going to have to go and speak to the police for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and the thing is, it didn't make it any better, which is the fact mm. that the, then the, the like staff brought it out and started like you know you had like an actual magazine for this thing it was like honestly like too realistic they start pulling that out and pulling it apart and all this right in front of like everyone so then everyone's just stare you can see the glances like what what's going on why is, is something happening here and then i get taken into this room with these three police officers it's a tiny tiny room so small that we all have to stand up like next <laughs> to each other it's that small and because I went through security, I don't have my belt on. So my trousers are constantly falling down. My mouth is so dry because obviously I'm shitting myself. And basically it came down to the fact they were like, look at this guy. He's like, it looks like he's probably about to collapse. And one of the things that actually kind of saved me is I had a production meeting with that short film. And I'd written down on my one and only note from that meeting was prop gun needed? Question mark. 
<laughs> that was my one and only evidence. And then they just went, yeah, well, we don't know what's going to happen. We'll just need to see, you know, you could be charged for this or that. And I was like, it, he actually said, he said one of those, like, you know, anything you can and do, can oh, say or whatever. And see, at that point, I was like, honestly, due to start crying, I was like, am I actually getting arrested right now? I didn't know what was happening. And then they called me one month later and was like, yeah, it's all good, man. Oh, and I was, he said, "Oh yeah, I don't know if you were. I don't know if you remember what happened like last month." I was like, "It's literally all I've been thinking about for <laughs> yeah, fifty-one yeah, days." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember that. What was it? Oh yeah, when we you had a gun in the airport. <laughs> oh my god. So suffice to say, I, I do not have that gun anymore. It got Abby, melted. Keep, that is, keep that in, please. <laughs> that oh, is, that's saying it. That, that could basically be like you just. We then don't talk about Atlanta anymore, and it's like I'm moving yeah. on. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, <laughs> it made the ending of Atlanta really, really yeah, intense for me. Yeah, Because yeah, I was like, I, I have had that kind of personal feeling, that look that he has in his face when he realizes I kind of yeah, had yeah, that, absolutely. except in front of hundreds of people when they were like, hmm. why do you have that? But um, yeah, to, to <laughs> cycle it back to just Atlanta, um, I've just never had a, never seen a show that kind of so confidently goes for so many things and then manages to do it well. Mm-hmm in that mm-hmm. way and i think it has the to, to be a show that kind of experiments but not in that goofy kind of way like we're gonna do a musical episode it's like yeah. not like that it's it's just it can do an episode that's just like uh what's his name Aaron trying to find a jacket after a night out and it, <laughs> it and, and it's following him through all these little mundane encounters and all that and i just i love moments like that where you just kind of yeah. feel feel the experience of the moment and then to also very smartly put through little bits of the story as well because when yeah. season one ends there's actually it ends in a point where you're like oh like now we there is actually an arc from episode one to ten but you didn't realize you were actually experiencing mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah really kind of subtly and done. i have a lot of respect for tv shows that do try to do something different just because mm. so many tv shows are like the same these days i feel mm, mm. like they're just yeah, this exactly. channel's version of this other show or... yeah 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 it's yeah. definitely a very unique one it's my favorite kind of comedy as well and it's definitely the stuff i try to like write is um is stuff that is comedy in situation but not a sick like you mean in terms of like this is a funny situation but yeah. the tone and the style of what we're doing it doesn't lend a lot to jokes and laughs yeah um, exactly it's just like mm-hmm. we go over to someone's house and there's an alligator in his house and it's just <laughs> it's almost like folksy like it's a like it's just weird and strange <laughs> and objectively and it, uh, funny. it's almost not played for laughs yeah but exactly. it's like by doing having that kind of approach to it it makes it funny and i mean like you were saying the performances are incredible hmm. and i love the fact that it was just because i think i th- <laughs> I think Donald Glover can sometimes, when you're watching interviews and stuff, it kind of depends on what character, what version of Donald Glover you get yeah, today. Yeah, sometimes yeah. he can appear like a bit of an arsehole, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> I still, still love the guy. But yeah. um, it's, it's the idea that he's supposed to be this main character. But then, like, season three, season two, sorry, he does, like, maybe three or four episodes where he's just not in it. Or maybe he is, but he's, like, in the backseat of a car and hmm. doesn't say anything. Yeah. You know, it has a confidence to just completely p- play with the narrative in that way. It's kind of like show, uh, sorry, story of the week. Like you don't know what you're getting, yeah. But it's still playing to the overall arc of whatever's happening. And then again, it happened the same thing when it ended in season two. Holy shit! There's actually been progression of the story without ever really focusing on it. <laughs> so I just I really really liked that and I really respected it and I didn't. Yeah. I've I am now currently on my third watch wow, of it, good. which. 
I'm not like a I'm not like a big guy for like rewatching TV shows. And I'm not saying yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. also rewatching Ozark right now. But right. <laughs> yeah, it just it made me like realize what is possible through the medium now, where you don't you don't necessarily have to to be the same kind of thing all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can just be whatever you want because that is kind of the the benefit of of television. There's a lot more freedom to do mm-hmm. what you want to do in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was why it was kind of my second pick. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. I'm super excited to watch it now mm. <laughs> yeah let and me... i will be reporting back <laughs> yeah, yeah let me know she'll be like i despise this uh, this terrible. is garbage <laughs> except for the bit with a gun in the airport because i had context <laughs> just, just... <laughs> right moving on to your last piece then erin uh so my last one I don't know. Is this a controversial pick now? American Beauty. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It is so, a controversial yes. pick. <laughs> so this is for the sake of a good conversation and a podcast was part of the reason why I picked this because it's so bit. What I want to establish quickly is that it's not like my favorite film, no. but what it was, the film that kind of introduced me to film. So like I, I was when I turned like 13, 14, really into my movies, but I was just like watching any shit, you know? anything i could get my hands on and i was enjoying it but just from that purely entertainment basis so then when i maybe maybe i was like 16 17 something like that i came across american beauty and i can't exactly remember why it was i decided to watch it and it was for the first time ever a a, a movie that kind of spoke to me in some way and i'm gonna need to be quick to explain this because you'll be thinking how (laughs) how does a middle-aged man having some sort of lust for a teenager relate to me who at the time was also a teenager but what i actually like liked about this movie was it had this idea of someone taking a look like self-evaluating their life and realizing that they need to improve it. Like taking a look back at life and going, this isn't where I want to be. And Mm -hmm. then trying to improve upon themselves for that, just whatever kind of degree it is. But it doesn't just do that through its central protagonist. It also kind of does that with, you know, you have Lester, Carolyn and Jane. So it's like Mm -hmm. this mother, father, uh, daughter. And all of them are on this kind of path of self-improvement, but it it contradicts one another, you know, by Lester being more confident Carolyn suddenly getting thrown to the wayside and I just for me it was like a thing that was like well I could take a look at my life like where, where do I where do I want my life to go and where do I what kind of things do I want to do and this idea of like if you want to have this in your life you kind of need to do it yourself and obviously mm-hmm. that's probably a weird thing to take because now I want to <laughs> the elephant in the room being Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. when yeah. I hadn't so I watched this film last night for this podcast mm. it was actually the first time i'd seen it since maybe maybe the first time i've watched it maybe yeah. maybe yeah. twice i'd seen it and i went into it being like no i will not let this guy ruin this for me like yeah. this was important to me this kind of launched my interest in film because then i was like oh films can say things yeah to you like not just being two big monsters fighting each other or guys blowing <laughs> things up you know and that was kind of when i that was when i started to engage in more like art artsy kind of films and then eventually Hmm. me to go into like my film course it was like stemming from me watching american beauty and that might a lot be a lot of that might be down to just it was like the first film i watched like that and that's very much could be the case Mm -hmm. yeah but then going into this i was like yeah you're not going to ruin this for me and i think for the most part i kind of managed to get away with that but there are scenes in particular i don't know have you you guys seen it yes yes Yes, of course so the the kind of 
the end, yeah. just when he finally Angela's very upset because her said friend said she's like she's normal and boring mm. or whatever. Yeah. And then he comes up to her. That bit I struggled with immensely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is this is. I mean, uh, the argument of can you separate, you know, art from the artist is is mm. really not of one in good faith. I mm. think what people really want is can I uh, not engage with complicated topics? Uh, mm. That's what they're really saying. And that when they say, oh, I separate the art from the artist, I'm like, okay, but you sh- should know the truth of all this stuff. And what you really mm. want is guilt-free, enjoying stuff and everything being normal and not having to cons- like approach the fact that people who you hold mm. in high esteem who don't know you exist may be horrible mm. people. And mm. so I always, yeah, I'm engaging with those because I, I believe in like, you know, guess who made the art it was the artist and like a lot of art is about you know very personal self-reflection and if we wouldn't be saying that unless they were a bad person you you don't go to a good movie and go well let's not think about like the director at all let's not think about the actors at all like you only mm-hmm. say it when t- bad stuff has come out about him it's just to get out a jail free card american mm-hmm. beauty is a weird one for me because it obviously engages with ideas that kevin's that then tied into the abuse that kevin spacey was doing and so it is impossible to watch it the same way again, and uh, it's impossible to watch without feeling more uncomfortable than you would. But I would say if you were watching American Beauty and were not feeling really uncomfortable, you were watching the movie <laughs> yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I found it was constantly... See, because I hold this, like, this mm-hmm. always to me, I was, I've was i always kind of held up on a pedestal of being like, this is the film that got me into film. So yeah. then when I was watching it again last night, I felt so protective in a way where I was just like... yeah almost guarded while i was watching it mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like no don't don't kind of i think i was in denial about that like you're saying like yeah. don't engage with that kind of stuff but then mm-hmm. like when it obviously this too closely relates mm-hmm. it, it it's it, it says it's impossible and i remember at that point i, rem- I literally screamed out fuck you kevin space yeah pretty much because <laughs> uh, i was I t- so enraged about it just the fact that now i know i'm I'm probably not going to watch this again. Yeah, it's a tricky issue, and it's certainly one I don't think will get better by us ignoring it, which I think is a lot of yeah. uh, the separate the art from an artist. That's not really engaging with the issue because you're not sort of engaging in the idea of what ideas are presented in this. And I think, coincidentally, we we now can we now watch American Beauty differently to the way we do, and it doesn't like ruin it, as it were. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like because a lot of people were involved in that movie, and it wasn't just one abuser. You it, know, it was, it was, yeah, uh, it, or it was mm. just one of like an individual who is very central and profited greatly from it. But um, uh, there was a lot of kind of work going into that, and um, mm-hmm. but certainly it, we shouldn't be sort of pretending it's not uh, it's, affecting us. Yeah, it's, it's similar to I think it was like the last movie that, or like the movie that was just coming out with Kevin Spacey, and it as all right. that news broke. I can't remember the name of it. I think it. All the oh, money well, in the world? No, 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 no. Billionaire Boys was, Club? Yes, it was That's that. It. And then and then I think at the time, like I remember seeing like, you know, there's hundreds of people involved in this movie, people that have written it, people that have worked really hard in it, and then it's completely I don't know anything about that movie. I don't think anyone. No, really no, no, no. It was it dumped on VOD and DVD and that yeah, was it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, that is kinda hard. And I think it also goes into the subject of like what you get out of your media because like Obviously, I took huge inspiration from this movie being within the context mm. of back then when you didn't know anything about it. Mm. And I think, you know, that is going to be the case for, like, worryingly so, it's going to be the case for a lot of different pieces of media. I mean, look what is probably happening to massive Harry Potter fans. 
know that yeah i mean this is the this is we've we've sort of had this sort of discussion before where it's like we are we like and this ties actually into our what we were talking about before with being a critic and being in a fan base and we've Mm. discussed it earlier on in terms of like like i think Mm. that uh there is that pull to be want to be part of a collective of mass people who are fans of something because you want that community but also as critics we want to be really sure of our own opinions and mm-hmm. uh i think that um again we were saying with like you know some people have made their whole identities yeah. around harry potter and like to that i say mm-hmm. yikes but like just i would say that for <laughs> making your identity about any franchise it just so happens that you're now having to confront this idea of what if it's a bit dicey and do you ignore it and do you not engage with it critically but as we discussed before we want to get more people engaging critically just for their own benefit more than anything else mm. My policy is stop liking celebrities, honestly, because, I mean, it's just not worth how many of them are terrible. (laughs) So, uh, but American Beauty does hold a very strange place in the sort of products of Mm -hmm. celebrated stuff of cancelled people. Yeah. To to quickly bring it Mm -hmm. to the the story, it was just another thing that I really liked. It it, it was kind of like behind the scenes stuff that that inspired me a wee bit to be, because I like, I was like interested in writing for a while. I think when yeah. I was in university, I kind of fell into editing after that. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it, this was my first experience of something. For example, you take the uh, oh, what's his name, Colonel Fitz, the dad. When he finally meets with Kevin Spacey at the end of the movie, when it's raining and he ends up giving him a kiss, it 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 was kind of like this moment without ever saying anything, where I was like, oh, these two guys are supposed to be like kind of like the polar opposite of one another at this moment in time because Kevin Spacey's character I'm just going to say Lester because I don't want to say Kevin yeah. Spacey all the time but like <laughs> Lester's, Lester has decided to to just I'm just going to be what I want and I think there are moments in the movie where I'm like oh well you think you know smoking weed at the <laughs> and getting buff is like that's you you're a free man but you know <laughs> he he is this person that's supposed to be confident in what he does now and, and he knows what he wants from life and then you have this other guy who's come in who's such I mean how uncomfortable and insecure he is in that moment because he has essentially not allowed himself to be who he wants to be at any point because he's just built up around this whole kind of hard ass soldier dad. <laughs> That's a terrible way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, no no you're but, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> like yeah, so like these two guys are complete polar opposites and I was just like at the time sitting there going, Whoa, like this is things they must have thought about that. There's no way I could just be thinking that right now. Mm. And then that was when I was like, oh, yeah, that's the stuff that goes into writing beyond yeah. boom, boom, shoot, shoot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and other kind of action movies that I've been watching at the time. So that was kind of where I, I took from that to become a film that I, I had held in such a high regard. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it now, to be honest. Yeah, but it, that's it, is, like... it is a weird like hmm. point because I definitely, I had moments in that movie where I did enjoy and it still, I think, ultimately gave me the same message that I took from it before with, like, the the idea of, of self-improvement. is kind of similar to, although hmm. on a really weird scale, but you ever seen Limitless? Limitless? I don't know why, but, like, when I watch Limitless, I'm like, I'm going to tidy this whole flat to protect, and I'm going <laughs> to get my life in order. I'm going to do so much work every time I watch it. It completely, completely motivates me to do all this stuff, and it's kind of the same with that film. Kind of the same with that film, where I just go... You know, I get caught up in work an awful lot. Like with 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 games mm-hmm. journalism, you you'll know what it's like. Where it's like, you just feel like yeah. you have to constantly keep going. You stop for a second, you're no longer in the game. 
yeah you're, you're suddenly outdated no one knows who you are no one yeah you've not been <laughs> you know when was the last time you had something published or oh, what last month well yeah. that's that's terrible you know <laughs> that stuff i just I, I get so caught up in it with in a way that i was just saying to my girlfriend there like i can I get so precious over my spare time now as well because I'm yeah. so committed to this and what I do. Like, I'll spend late nights yeah. up and then something like this kind of makes you go, oh, but yeah, that matters if you want to do that. Like, I have to do that if I want to continue being a games journalist, but I also need to be, like, take a step back and see, experience yeah. your life still at the same time. And yeah, American Beauty, but big dick Kevin Spacey had to go in <laughs> ruin things for me slightly I think that's a nice note <laughs> which is how we end most episodes of this podcast just cursing Kevin Spacey yeah <laughs> yep so uh, Aaron where can people find you on the internet and what are you working on at the moment uh, so I'm on Twitter at watchplaytype which is the <laughs> which was the name of my now abandoned uh, film blog <laughs> since I <laughs> no longer have time to do things uh, of my own accord but um i currently i actually just submitted a video a, a new video for the bbc which will be out hopefully in the next month or so i never know with those guys and uh it'll, it's going to be about like how film no, sorry how video games take the storytelling formats of movies and evolve them very to good. this new medium uh so that will be out yeah. soon it's my first video that i got to use my brand new camera on because wow. i've been using this thing which nice. i think honestly was filming at like 540p or something stupid like that uh, it was it was so bad when I when I finally filmed my new one. I like I was like I look old. <laughs> I could see so many like <laughs> wrinkles or like marks in my face and stuff. But um, yeah, that's coming out. Um, obviously, like the the Jump Cut Online magazine just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, so I've got three hmm. features on there. Oh, cool! Um, I'm in that oh, as wow. well. <laughs> I'm in oh, the, nice. the actors one. Yeah, so in the I've read it. But I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, so go over there, support those guys. The magazine is stacked. It's got so much stuff in it, and obviously, like, I just, I just liked seeing how pretty they made my my article look. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've got I've got that as well, and then I suppose I do I do a weekly film podcast called The Film Aspect with my mate Brian. Uh, or is it? Is it do you say bi-weekly now? Because some I hear people say bi-weekly means twice a month. Bi-weekly is both. Uh, oh wait, bi-weekly is both it's both it's both How? twice a month and <laughs> twice a week see that confuses me but it's, so it's bi-weekly but twice a week yeah <laughs> that that one thank you <laughs> so we, we god I've never thought about that yeah one. it's always because I always go to say that about my podcast and then I'm just like but is it? I don't know but it's out tw- it's out twice because I guess we're bi-weekly but the um, other one because we're bi- twice well, a month. I may be thinking of biannual. Uh, bi- biannual Surely biannual both. means... Wait, it's that means bi- like bi- every six months? No, biannual <laughs> means occurring twice a year, but biannual means once every two years. So I uh... have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, this has been Dictionary Corner. No, but I'm on, I, I have a podcast that comes out twice a week. Uh, we do it. We do the recasting couch on Tuesday where we, we take a, an old film and recast it as if it's been made today. So like current stars and all that kind of stuff. And then our main episodes where we just talk a variety of things like new movies that have come out, topics. Last week we were just talking about the cinematic pioneer that is James Cameron. So we have a lot of fun with that. Um, and if anyone was wondering about video game 
documentary stuff, I did do a couple of episodes of Talking Games with Bane, which was a temporary title that ended up in the main thing somehow. So it's terrible, (laughs) but it's about, it's like a little audio documentary series. I've only done a couple, one on the newest generation or the last generation of consoles, and then one on The Last of Us Part 2, which obviously I very much like. But yeah, if you want to check those out, they're on most streaming platforms other than SoundCloud, I'm pretty sure. Thank you. We will uh, link them all in our episode I'm just getting well. the most out of this um, just like link everything I've ever done do you want my, yeah. por- do you want my portfolio link as well I'll put that Not in <laughs> um, Rory what have you been up to uh, um, you can I find me at Rory you. has opinions on Twitter I've been not doing too much film criticism at the moment I'm kind of concentrating on scripts and projects and networking at the moment but i am uh pitching and stuff so hopefully you'll see some articles coming out soon what about you what about you abby well honestly at this point this is coming out too far in the future for me yeah, to know this is, yeah literally <laughs> we might be on. dead by this point um, <laughs> but, um i've had some job interviews and stuff oh, nice. week, so maybe there'll be some like exciting news on the horizon fingers crossed but you can find me on twitter at abby ruggles where I occasionally tweet about shit. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I've not. I've been trying to steer clear of social media Terrible. a bit because it's not good for the old yeah. brain. <laughs> um, and on Wonderful. that cheerful note, Erin, uh, thank you for Thanks joining for us. Me. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure, um, and we will see you in the see next episode, up. everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.